Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us today for United Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about why we believe in the Bible, and and we think this is going to be a really cool episode today. Uh, we have a guest, which we'll get to, but um, it's it's a it's a thing that's being attacked, right? It's something yeah, that we hold super precious, and yep. even regarding young people and people growing up in colleges, it's almost like they're uh, being indoctrinated with not believing in these things. There's the humanist, the atheist, all yep. these things. So uh, we think it's going to be really insightful and really um, informative today. Yeah, we're, we're happy to have with us uh, Andrew Herps. He is a longtime friend of mine. I uh, knew him from, oh, I don't know, uh, probably since he was about 11 years old, I suppose, somewhere around there. And uh, he has uh, since grown up, and uh, uh, he's a graduate of Indiana Baba College, where he uh, studied in biblical studies. He also is a graduate of Minnesota State University, where he studied history and is currently enrolled in uh, Liberty University uh, in a master's program for biblical studies. He's also a teacher at Calvary Christian Schools in Indianapolis, Indiana, and is also, I think this year, starting out uh, teaching classes at Indiana Bible College. And so we're happy to have Andrew with us today. He's with us on the phone, and so he's going to join in with us on this topic and talk to us about why we believe the Bible, why, why we can believe the Bible and why the Bible is an accurate source. So, Andrew, go ahead. Glad to have you today. Hey, good to, good to be with you guys, Nathan and, and Dawson. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a long time, Nathan. I was trying to think, too, probably, yeah, 10 or 11 yeah, years it, old, something it, like that. And I came to Minnesota in 2003. Okay, yep, yep, yep. So 12, I would have been, yep, just just around 12 years old. So, yeah, yeah crazy. And then right, right in the youth group there, and you were obviously a big reason, too, why I went to – IVC in the first place. So pretty, pretty cool okay. stuff there. And yeah, in, in Dawson, I think you're, you're saying it perfectly just with the, the stats that we have right now, it, it looks like we just around, I don't know, eight, almost nine Christian students out of 10, when they go to college, uh, eight or nine of them leave not believing in the Bible anymore. Wow. And, you know, that's uh, that's Christianity across the board. I think apostolics are doing a little bit better than that. But I think you're definitely right why this topic is so important. It, it's just so many attacks on the Bible. And if if the Bible is not true, then why do we believe it? And, and so we really have to uh, take a stance on our position on the Bible to show that, if you know, this is the word of God. And if it's true, then we better pay attention to it. Yeah, absolutely. So a I have a just great a quick... topic interjection i was going to say um do you think the reason for that sometimes you know andrew is we don't look at the facts like sometimes as apostolics or christians in general we're afraid to look at those facts and face them for what they are instead of you know i'm, j- I'm just saying like sometimes it's just no believe in the bible that's it you know and sometimes we sure. have to look uh you know at those logical things that come up yeah, no, I definitely think that's a good point. And, and sometimes we, we treat the Bible as though it's just a spiritual book, which of course it is. And Jesus makes the point that we worship in spirit and in truth. And the Bible is, it's a history book. Yeah. And it, it aligns up with, with history uh, perfectly. And so that's, that's kind of one, one way I wanted to tackle this question of why do we believe in the Bible? And it's because the, the Bible uh, 
claims that it's written at certain times, at certain places. There are very specific people in the Bible. And when you look at archaeology or ancient documents, the Bible lines up with those ancient sources. And that, to me, is just such a, such a fun field of research. Yeah. So why don't we just jump right into this? Why don't you walk us through, Andrew, some of the uh, uh, s- some key points from the Bible that we can look at, you know, from a historical perspective and an archaeological perspective, and points that that a person can really look at that proves that the Bible is more than just a spiritual book, but it indeed is a uh, historical document that is that is an accurate historical document. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. In, in, I, I would point to, and there's, there's obviously so many ways to, to look at the history of the Bible. I was listening to an archeologist just a couple months ago and he said about every year, archeologists are finding uh, new people from the Bible. They're finding these people in ancient archeology span or sources or whatever. And the, the number of people known from the Bible just keeps climbing so that's really cool. But but one thing that I really like to look at, especially recently, is the Exodus. So we're looking at the book of Exodus. We're looking at Moses, the, the Hebrew slaves. And there, there's a lot of fun stuff coming out, a lot of good information about that. Uh, critics of the Bible would, would look at the Exodus and they would kind of mock Christians in a way and say there's no evidence that the Exodus is real at all. And that's just simply not true. So what evidence so, do we have um, that proves the Exodus to be uh, a real event? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Um, what, what evidence do we have, biblically speaking, um, that people can look at concerning the Exodus that will help them see the accuracy and that it was indeed a true event? Yeah, so in it, the, the critics would be correct in 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 a little way in saying that there's no Egyptian source that says, you know, the, the slave, the Hebrew slaves were here, the plagues happened and all that. But what you do in archeology span is you have to kind of piece things together. It's kind of like a puzzle. So what some Christian uh, archeologists and, and researchers are doing is they're finding all this amazing content because they're looking at ancient history books and they're looking at archaeology. So kind of when you view history as a puzzle and you're trying to piece things together, you can find some really fun stuff. So one that I would say uh, first off is a, is an ancient city in Egypt called Avaris. And you can look that up. It's uh, uh, A-V-A-R-I-S, Avaris. And from uh, archaeologists looking at, the, at this ancient city, they know that this is a Semitic city which just means it it looks like people from Canaan lived there. And we know Mm -hmm. that Jacob's family moved from Canaan to Egypt. And we know that Joseph, uh, you know, is of that, of that lineage and, and of that family group. And uh, I I won't get too, too specific here just for sake of time, but Avaris uh, really looks like a a Hebrew or at least a Semitic community. So that shows that there were, Semites living in Egypt at the same time that the Bible says uh, they were there. Yeah. In in addition to that, uh, there is Egyptian tomb art. So I'm sure everybody in here has either seen pictures or or something, you know, along the lines of 
going to Egypt and they had just these immaculate tombs and temples and these ruins of, of paintings and sculptures on, on the walls. And through tomb art and also some very ancient documents, we have uh, depictions of Hebrew slaves and house servants in these ancient drawings. And we even have what they call, uh, it's like a slave list. And, and there are Hebrew names on these slave lists. Wow. So, so far, we have uh, an ancient city that was a Semitic city. We have Egyptian sources that, that show that they did, that they being the Egyptians, had Hebrew servants and slaves. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, the next document is, is called the Ipuware document. And this is, uh, this is really, really a cool one because this is what we would call a priestly lament. So if you think back to your, your Bible reading of like uh, Jeremiah, right, the whole book of Lamentations is Jeremiah uh, lamenting the destruction of Jerusalem, right, his beloved city. Mm-hmm. And this Ipuware document is an Egyptian priest that is lamenting the destruction of of Egypt, or or at least it's how how it is uh, declining, and all these terrible things are happening to Egypt. And again, I I won't read the the whole thing or the whole list, but if you where the priest starts listing off several things that sound really familiar to us Bible readers, he talks about how the river has turned to blood. He talks about the wow. the crops are being destroyed, and and one of the last ones. He talks about how slaves are leaving Egypt with gold. Wow. And all of those things, as, as we know, sounds just like the, the plagues of Egypt. They sound like when the, when the slaves, the Hebrew slaves were leaving Egypt, what did the Egyptians give the Hebrew slaves? Yep. Lots of gold and, and valuables. Absolutely. So wow. uh, those are all some, some really uh, awesome amazing. puzzle pieces when you put those together. Yeah, it's amazing where that this information is out there. You know, it's not like we're not conjuring this up. This is this is this is information that's out there that's readily of I say readily available. I mean, if you dig for it or you know the right sources, but the yeah. fact is that it's out there. You know, we're not. You know, like I said, this is not made up stuff. This is sure. this is real. Yeah, and I was gonna say yeah. just thinking about that, it almost seems arrogant of of those who would just write off God or write off the Bible because of lack of evidence when there's so much that we haven't even explored and we haven't even touched yet. And, and it almost makes people just, you know, put their foot in their mouth when something does come out. That's a credible source that, you know, it, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of funny to me. Yeah. That, that's... Well, you, there, that, you made two really good points there with, with number one, I read, I read a number this is some time ago, but there are literally hundreds of thousands of documents and artifacts that are in the basements of museums and colleges and universities that archaeologists and the people with the right credentials, they have not even, I mean, they're documented as being down there, but they have these artifacts have not even been studied to figure out what they really are. Wow. And, and to me, you know, even before I started reading all this stuff about the Exodus, I've got one more thing on the Exodus that I think will be also pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. But um, with with these things, to me, 
there are so many times where people would mock the Bible and then the information comes out that, oh, we found this and it, it shows that the Bible is reliable. And then you, we as Christians just, you know, we just kind of smile and say, well, maybe we can believe in the Bible, <laughs> you yeah. know? Wow. And uh, so that's true. There, there, things are always coming out and new information. And the, one of the archaeologists that I was reading that was sharing some of this information, he, he made a point that uh, this information has been out there, as you were saying, Nathan, but the, the problem is, is that people are not connecting the dots. Mm-hmm. And th- there's even more that, that we could talk about. Uh, but just for sake of time, we'll, we'll, I'll share one more. But uh, as you're connecting all these pieces, it just lines up at, at least to say this this looks like the Exodus. It very well could be the Exodus when you put the pieces together. So, sure. Wow. That, uh, I mean, that's amazing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, this, this last one here is, is – I'm trying to remember exactly when this came out, but it's, it's – I think it's less than a year old if it is – much it's not much more than a year old this is fairly new content and it's called the nomads or the shepherds of yahweh inscription and this is a fascinating story i I would encourage you you guys to or the listeners to to look this up but there's an archaeologist that that was reading in this very old journal uh and he he came across this nomads of yahweh uh inscription out in in this uh, this temple way out in the desert and, and just, but no, nobody has written on it. He didn't even have pictures of it. I mean, this, this journal was from, I don't know, a couple hundred years ago, maybe. So uh, long story short, he, he takes a long time and he gets out there and he starts documenting this inscription and what this is, this is an in an ancient Egyptian temple. And again, all the, the artwork that the Egyptians did, uh, there's a list of victorious battles that this pharaoh had fought, and in this in this victory list, there is a group of people that are called the nomads or or shepherds of Yahweh, and this is at the time the the the, the dating and the, the historical analysis of this is would be right after the Hebrews left Egypt. But they're not in the promised land yet. Where this pharaoh uh, puts this inscription and and where he's tying this group of Hebrews to is in Moab, which would have been the the wilderness, the wandering years that we we know so much about, the 40 Mm -hmm. years of wandering. Mm -hmm. And and that is just fascinating because not only is this the oldest inscription of Yahweh, which of course we know is the Old Testament name of God, or yeah. at least as, as close as we can get to it. Yep. It's the oldest inscription of Yahweh, but it also puts the Hebrews in, in, a, in an area of land that the Bible puts them in at a very short period of time, if you think about it, 40 years in the scope of all biblical history. That's really impressive. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that's, just, that's amazing that this information is out there. And like you said, if we can just connect the dots, you know, yeah. uh, how... how how much, uh, you know, we can prove that, you know, the Bible is a reliable source of his history and that it, it's accurate. Yeah, and I think yes. it, it comes from people that are biblically minded because someone might look at that and say, oh, there's no significance. But if you understand the timeline of the Bible and where it mm-hmm. puts us, you know, you have to have that mindset. But switching gears just a little bit, um, 
you know, I want to talk about, just because I've always kind of had this question, um, I was speaking with someone about Bible reading, and, um, you know, they were, they had some questions, and they made the statement, man, it's just so boring sometimes when you read the genealogies, and it talks about, you know, so-and-so begat so-and-so, and and just for pages, it seems like, and whole chapters talk about this, and, um, you know, and I, and I thought about it for a second, and I said, well, you got to understand if they did not have that, you're not really validating the book. You're not putting it in a timeline of something. And so I want to think, like, is that a good way to think about it as far as the genealogies that are in the Bible? Yeah, so the, the genealogies, and, and I, I know, uh, I think we all can relate when we get to those parts of the Bible. It's, the names are hard to pronounce, you know, and it just <laughs> seems like the names go on and on. But I, I think you're right, Dawson, because it, it's showing that we they can tie their history to something they're showing the family line they're they're showing that these are real people this is not some made-up mythology and what's so fascinating about that concept is is if we move into someone like king david now uh i've asked a a number of people this throughout the last couple years uh if if you obviously jesus would be our number one favorite character in the bible but it it if uh, if you had to pick a top three, would David be in that top three? And a lot of people say yes. King David is a, is a very popular biblical character. Yeah. But what's crazy about that is outside of the Bible, there was no evidence for King David for a very long time. Wow. So there's a, a group of archaeologists uh, called the minimalists, and, and they would say that the Bible is minimally true. The facts of history, they're you know, the, the Bible is not a complete historical book. But uh, in the early 90s, uh, 93, 94, and it started to come out a little bit more after that, there, there were uh, there's an artifact called the Tel Dan Stele. The Tel Dan is the site in Israel, and a stele is just a stone monument. So this could be anything. A, a stele could be a law code. It could be a king writing how great he is, that kind of thing. That's a, that's what a stele is. And in in the early 90s, there was something found called the Tel Dan stele. And what this was, this was a king, I believe, from Damascus that would have been living in the in the 800s around the time that that King Ahab lived, just just somewhat somewhat in that in that era. And what the stele is talking about is how great this Damascus king was because he defeated this king and he defeated this king. And it says, I defeated this king who was a descendant from the house of David. So this is also called the house of David inscription because this is the first time outside of the Bible that the, the name of David or at least his dynasty was talked about. Now, that's amazing on a number of different levels, because if David didn't exist, why is this king bragging about defeating his dynasty? Yeah, very good. And and what this what this does is why I bring up the date of this delay being in the 800s is that David lived in the thousands. Right. So this is a two. This is 200 years uh, removed from David. So even 200 years after that, the, the, the people of this time still knew who David was. They were still lifting him up to be a great King. He had a dynasty. And, and so that, that shows that, that David was a real person. 
And just after the the Tel Dan stele was found, there was another one uh, called the Moabite or the Mesha stele. It's got two names. It's the same thing. And again, this one has an inscription of Yahweh. It talks about Yahweh. It talks about Ahab. It talks about King David. And so uh, it just goes back to the same thing with the Exodus. If, if people say that, well, we, we have never found this in, in ancient history, I'm, I'm okay with that because you know what? We're finding stuff all the time. It wasn't until the 90s that, that apart from the Bible, we found King David. So wow. pretty, pretty amazing stuff. I think it's kind of safe to say that you, you can't suppress truth forever. <laughs> Very good. Yep. You know, yep. I mean, you, you can, regardless of what it is in life, if there's something true and, it want, and someone wants to hide it or resist it, they can only do that for so long, but eventually the truth is going to come out. And I think that's what sure. is, is happening with, uh, uh, from a biblical perspective, is that with technology becoming you know, more advanced and uh, yeah. people able yeah. to get around the world and communicate <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and document these findings uh, more accurately, I think the truth is coming out more and more that, hey, this book that we call the Bible is, is hey, it's, 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 it's true. It's not. Yeah. It's not a, a lie. It's not just a concoction of of ideas of people throughout history. But it is. There's legitimacy to it. It is. It's a real book. Yeah. Well, so. I, I like what you say there too, because you know, for Christians, what does this mean? It means that we can have faith and believe in this book, mm-hmm. and and we don't have to be afraid of critics. Yep. And people that are trying to tear the Bible down, because as you said, the truth will prevail. Absolutely. And anytime something comes out, we're not surprised by it. I think it's awesome. I think it's cool. But yeah. I'm not surprised that you know we, we've found these things because the Bible has shown itself to be reliable over and over yeah. and over. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's pretty and, amazing. You know, if I was someone, uh, you know, tuning into this podcast, you know, I would be writing these things down. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, because this is something... You know, somewhat. If someone came at you with something like, "Well, do you know about these facts? Do you know about this? Yeah. Could, you know, go look this <clears> up." And it's a good. Uh, it's a yeah, good don't way take to my witness. word for it. I, exactly. I, I'm yeah. Trying to spell some of these things out and and even say the name, you know, so as best I can, so you know people can look these up and and prove me wrong if I'm wrong. Yeah. But you know, this this stuff is. That these are these are scholars bringing these things out, and and, and in some cases, some of these findings are not done by Christians. Wow. Yeah, and and so that that's another that's a whole other topic. But. I think I think Dawson, you bring up a good point there about you know people write this down, remember this information, uh, because I think uh, you know for people who may not be aware of this or know this, when somebody does come at you. Uh, with these kind of questions, and you may not know them, you, your your response may just be, "Well, it's the Bible, and I believe it, and and that's just the end of the uh, end of the conversation." And yeah. and that may be good for you as a person, an individual, but uh, it, it's maybe not so much for the person you're trying to persuade. I remember I heard a quote once. It says, uh, "When you're dealing with an argument or a debate or whatever, it, you know, especially in, in the case of an argument, it says, uh, don't raise your voice, improve your mm-hmm. argument.'" 
So yeah. if you have information that you can bring back at them, it doesn't have to turn into a debate or an argument uh, sure. where you both leave frustrated because you know you you can't you can't come back with anything that they're asking you about. And so, but this way you can. We're giving you information today, and uh, yeah. hopefully, hopefully you take this uh, to yeah. heart. But what about what about Jesus? What, what can you tell us about about Jesus as an individual, the man Jesus, from a historical or archaeological perspective that helps prove uh, the Bible's uh, legitimacy? Yeah, so uh, I would... Let, let, let me ask this first off. This this to me is just kind of an interesting thought. Uh, obviously, we're, we're right now, we're 20, in 2020. Uh, how, how could we know that George Washington was a real person. You know, what, what things do we look for? What things do we try to understand and research? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, th- those same types of things, if we apply them to Jesus, uh, we can find Jesus in history. It, it really is incredible. And I'll just throw a name out here for, for people maybe to look up later. Uh, his name is Gary Habermas. Gary Habermas. He mm-hmm. is... Man, I don't even know. Probably one of the best scholars on the life of Jesus out there. I mean, he is fantastic. He's got a couple books out, and he's on YouTube as well. But if we if we are looking for Jesus in history, you're going to find him so easily. I mean, we have we have ancient letters between people that talk about Jesus. Uh, a funny one to me is there is a a piece of ancient graffiti found that that depicts jesus uh it's it's the romans are mocking the christians through it but i mean we know it's jesus there's so many ancient sources that are not even christian that that show jesus was a real person so one thing i would ask uh people is uh have you ever heard of someone like uh augustus caesar or some of the other emperors uh, how much do they know about Roman history? Things like that. Just very general information. Because what's so fantastic is uh, nobody, dis- nobody does not uh, say Augustus did not exist, mm-hmm. right? Yep. N- nobody, nobody says Julius Caesar was fake. Nobody says that. So what's crazy is that the same people that wrote about Augustus, the same people that wrote about Julius Caesar, well, guess who else we find in their writings? We find Jesus. And uh, a couple, like, let me, I'll just say it like this. The best Roman historians that we have wrote about Jesus. Hmm. We got a guy named Tacitus, who is considered to be one of the, or probably the greatest Roman historian and he wrote about how Jesus lived and where he lived, when he died. Uh, and he gets all these very specific historical details that, of course, line up exactly with the Bible. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, the Jewish historian Josephus, which I know people probably heard a little bit about him, and he wrote about Jesus. And he even said uh, Jesus did miracles. Now, Josephus may not have believed that. But Josephus reported that Jesus was known for doing miracles. And he also, and this one's kind of interesting too, he reported, Josephus reported, that Jesus' disciples claimed to have seen Jesus after Jesus was crucified. Wow. Now, maybe Josephus may not have 
believed that, yeah. but he is still reporting that even back then, and Josephus did not, like, he would have been alive during the book of Acts, mm-hmm. Josephus would have been. Yeah. So this is extremely early, uh, very close to after Jesus went to heaven, and Josephus is saying, look, even then, people were saying that Jesus resurrected. And, and, and I, Oh, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I just this thought just popped in my head. I mean, and for Josephus to record something of, of such nature— and like you said, he may have not believed it, but yet there was something there. Something carried enough weight about that event that mm-hmm. caused him to say, hey, we need to write this down. And and somebody needs to remember this happening because, uh, you know, apparently it was really enough or something there to, to you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, something caused him to it. want yeah. to... To, it couldn't have just been hearsay. You know, he couldn't have just, somebody walked by and said, hey, did you hear about this? And he's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to write that down in the history book. No, I mean, it had to have carried some weight in order for him to have done this. Yeah. And even the, the Roman historians, too, and, and Josephus, these are not Christians. These are not people that are, uh, what would we say, favorable to the Christian cause. Yeah. You know, for, for all that really mattered to them, Jesus was a crucified criminal. Yeah. And, and so just the fact that you have these reports about Jesus coming from these uh, top-notch historians is very, very impressive. Yep. And one, one more thing I'll just add to this about Jesus, which we say amen to right away, is that all of these ancient sources, even—and well, I should say especially the non-Christian ones, when they talk about the tomb, they all agree that the tomb was empty. Wow. Now, they have different explanations for that, uh-huh. whether it was in Jesus' day or even 100 years after that. We know the Jews were, were just trying to say that someone stole the body, but yeah. they admitted that the tomb was empty. Wow. And, and we don't have time to go through all the reasons why that argument. And, and some people say, well, the disciples were hallucinating. And there's, yeah. there's a lot of atheistic arguments that maybe we can hit uh, another time or Gary, Gary Habermas, the guy said before he does a really good job with disproving those types of arguments. Yeah. But that, that to me, it it just, it just makes me just so excited, you know, that yes, the tomb was empty. Yeah. That's right. That's amazing. Again, like, like I said a little earlier, you know, you can only suppress truth for so long before, before it, it reveals itself. And thank God we're seeing these things uh, happen, and we're being able to connect these dots, and uh, that we're learning more and more. I mean, obviously, you know, the Bible is a book of faith. You have to have, uh, you know, faith mm-hmm. to believe a lot of the things in, in the Bible, but thankfully also uh, we're seeing that it, it, it's an accurate historical document that is legitimate and that we are able to connect these dots to see that the Bible's real, and that's why we believe in the Bible. Yeah. So, right. yeah. So, uh, yep. And, and I think you, you said it right. I mean, that's to put it in, in, in short, what, you know, why do I believe in the Bible? One reason out of many is that the Bible claims to be a history book. It claims to have happened at a certain time, a certain place with real people. And we are finding those same people, events, all of those things. We're finding those outside of history. Mm-hmm. And as uh, another scholar that I love to read, uh, John Wark Montgomery, he says that if you throw away the New Testament, then you have to throw away 
all of the history about Rome and Greece wow. because it's it's just unbelievable the parallels they go the, hand the in hand. Historians they they just go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, wow, it's like if you amazing. believe one part of the Bible, you have to believe all of yeah. it because it it just connects so well. Yeah, that's right. so incredible. Cool. That's yep. so cool. Uh, well, you know, this is obviously a topic that we, we could we could probably sit here all day and, and talk about this stuff, and and we will probably revisit this at a later date and talk about this more, maybe from uh, some different angles. But uh, we want to thank uh, Brother Andrew Herps for joining us today and taking time out of his busy schedule. We know that they're getting ready. Uh, to start back with school in a week or so, but we want to yeah, thank, happy to be here. Yeah, sure. we want to yeah, thank, thank you, you for so uh, for joining us today. We hope those that are listening uh, has heard something that you can remember that you wrote down and that you can go back and listen to this podcast in the future, and that will help you. Uh, if anything, even if you do not ever encounter someone with these questions, hopefully this just helps you in your continued walk with God and in your belief uh, in the Bible as being, you know, an accurate book that you can live your life by. Amen, yeah. And we just want to say again, Brother Andrew, thank you so much. And uh, uh, just make sure you keep tuning in. We're going to keep doing these weekly um, every Tuesday, and we're going to be posting on Wednesday, and, you know, we'll have things available. We're now available on, on Spotify, uh, very soon to iTunes and a couple other places. But um, we appreciate you listening, and God bless you. All right, God bless everybody. Thanks for joining us today.